I'm your host, Veronica Thompson, and welcome to Above the Mean, a podcast about individuals actively pursuing their passions and pushing themselves to be better than the standard in order to stand out. Today, I'm joined by Annalie Martinez, a multi-passionate and multi-talented person. Annalie is a lifestyle, travel, and food blogger. She's mainly known for being the founder and editor of the Nueva Latina blog, an online platform and community for the new age Latinas. She writes about the experience of a new generation of Latinas in food, travel, relationships, careers, and everything in between. Join us as we talk about what it means to be a Mexican-American, the lifestyle of a blogger, and the perks that come with it, as well as overcoming negative backlash. Thank you so much for being on my podcast today. I'm so excited. Let's go. Dude, Annalie, like, this has been so, like, I'm so excited for this episode because I, for one, really wanted to do something to celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month. For sure. Which is coming to a close. And I couldn't think of a better person to have on this podcast than the Nueva Latina herself. Let's go. I'm so excited to be here. I know it's coming to an end this week, but I think it's been a good month. And I've done a lot this month, so I'm really excited to share with you all. Oh, uh, awesome. So, Annalie, I know I know you on, like, a personal level. This is going on year five of our friendship. Um, I know I met you through my freshman roommate, Adri, who's also your little sister. Yep. But can you tell our audience who may not be as familiar with you, like, some things about yourself? Yeah. So, obviously, my name is Annalie Martinez-Gonzalez. I'm originally from Del Rio, Texas, which is... Um, southwest Texas and it's about two and a half hours west of San Antonio it's on the border with a town called um, Acuña Coahuila Mexico and so I'm a border girl at heart Um, I came I moved to Austin in 2007 and I graduated from the University of Texas at Austin with my BS in civil engineering in 2012 and now I live and laugh and love here in Austin with my husband Julian and we have two pups Chapo and Pablo, Um, and obviously I have my blog, The Nueva Latina, which has grown a lot since 2015 when it started and really picked up this past year, and I just, I love everything about it. So we're definitely going to have to circle back around to being a civil engineer because that, my friend, is already super impressive. I just got to ask, so you said you're from Del Rio. What was it like growing up in a border town? How did that influence your culture? Um, I really enjoyed it. I think it's funny because when I was there, I hated it. I hated every single minute of it. But then when I came to college, I don't know, something clicked and I realized that I was so fortunate to live in a place where I could bounce between two different worlds very easily. And I think that I am who I am today because I did grow up in the, on the border, like on the border. And I feel like not like I'm more Mexican than anyone else, but I feel like I am as Mexican as I am or as in touch with my culture because we grew up on the border. Um, I also had a lot of experiences where it's funny because I actually had a conversation with my best friend who's getting married this weekend about this, but we easily would go over to Mexico like anytime we wanted during high school, you know, we would just walk over and it was not a big deal. And when you tell people that now, you know, they were like, is it safe? Like, were you scared? And and we weren't at the time. Uh, Mexico wasn't um, 
I guess it wasn't dangerous and it was just a really good time. You know, we would go eat, we would go hang out, we would go party. And um, I think when I came to Austin, I was ready to be an adult because of the experiences that I experienced in the border. Really? That's so interesting. No, there's a quote by Maya Angelou that I love where she says, you can't know your future without knowing your past or knowing where you came from. And that's so, so were you born in the United States? Yeah, so I was born in San Antonio, and then we lived there until I was five. And so we moved to Del Rio at that point, um, but um, I think it was starting in first grade. So first grade through eighth grade, my parents would send me and my brother to Mexico every summer to go to school over there. Um, their school usually goes from September through June. So we would get a good month of schooling from first grade to, through eighth grade in Mexico because my parents thought it was – they sent us thinking like, oh, they're going to learn Spanish, but we actually learned so much more. You know, we, we really learned how these people were living and, and really saw, like, not only the generational differences between us and our parents, but also the cultural differences. We realized that – we were we were Mexican, but we were Mexican-American. You know, in those moments, we really saw that we were a blend of two different things because we grew up so differently here versus the way they grew up in Mexico. Um, but it's crazy because I really value, like me and my brother for sure, really value being American way more because we had to live in Mexico, you know, and live differently and realize that, we're so fortunate, you know, to be here. What does it mean to be Mexican-American to you? Um, I guess to me it means f remembering where you came from, number one, but also looking back at the struggles that Mexicans have had, you know, throughout the decades, remembering that at one point a lot of the land in the south of the United States was a part of Mexico and embracing that, you know, remembering that we came from kings and queens, like, yeah, they were, you know, native to the land and maybe they weren't as technologically advanced as other um, indigenous tribes, but we were advanced, you know, and remembering that we were somebody at some point and that we can get back to that point. We can be the rulers of our own destiny, right? Like we used to be. Um, I think that's my Mexican side. And then American, it's just looking at how fortunate we are to be in America. Like obviously... Living in America and living in Texas comes with a lot of faults, <laughs> and that's a whole other episode, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Texas but, has yeah, some faults. But then, like, I look at how people are living in other places, and, and like, let's take, for example, like, the COVID pandemic and vac vaccinations. Like, let's say you wanted to get vaccinated in Colombia. Um, we spoke to a woman while we were there, and a lot of people aren't able to get vaccinated because they're only doing it in major cities. And so a lot of these people don't have transportation to the major cities, so they're just not getting vaccinated if they live in rural areas because there is no way to get them to the major cities. So it's like moments like that that you really, you know, think about what it means to be American. And, and you know, you have to remember that we're fortunate to be here, um, even though, you know, Sometimes, especially being Mexican, you, especially in the last couple of years, I feel like a lot of us have felt um, targeted and maybe 
ashamed sometimes that we're Mexican and we're, we're scared to tell people how Mexican we are because we don't want their reaction to come out bad, you know. But I think being Mexican-American is really being American. It's really that melting pot of cultures because there's so many Mexican-Americans in the United States right now and I feel like we have touched so many areas of the American culture that it really is all the same thing. Yeah, definitely. That's really interesting where you kind of got the best of both or like the dual worlds. So you had to learn to kind of identify with your Mexican heritage as well as assimilating into the American culture and the heritage that comes with that. For sure. Did you ever like kind of wonder like were you Mexican enough or with like the other Hispanic people or like were you worried about being too Americanized? Yeah, I mean, a little bit of both. There's this quote in the Selena movie where the dad is like, um, we're never we're never American enough for the Americans, or we're never Mexican enough for the Mexicans, and it's so tough being Mexican-American. And people say the quote all the time because it's so true. Um, I think for me specifically, I fell in love with hip-hop at a really early age. Um, and, you know, telling my parents that I wanted a, like a Dr. Dre album was just not not good you know they didn't understand the music the culture they just didn't get it um and i grew up in america so i understood it and i and i loved it and i really vibed with it you know like i really saw myself in some of the music that i was listening to so at the moments like that i would i would have an identity crisis and be like well maybe i shouldn't be listening to this kind of music or or should i like you know learn more mexican music and i very i did struggle a lot um, you know, from maybe high school through college, just find myself in what is, what am I, right? Like, who am I? And I think now, like I say, I'm Mexican-American or Latina, but it's, I really think that I, I'm a lot of the, of both worlds. Like, I really do think that I'm a great blend of two different worlds and I wouldn't change it for anything, for sure. What was kind of the inspiration for the birth of the Nueva Latina blog? So that's kind of where it came from, right? Um, I was at a point in my life when I, well, I, yeah, I was at a point in my life in 2015 where I had just started in the professional world and I realized that I was code switching and I was um, not being myself. I was letting people call me Anna Lai and Anna Lee. You know, if anything came up in conversation, I would like kind of dial down my, my Latinas, right? And... I felt so lost about it. You know, you go from college where you finally are starting to find yourself in your rhythm and you transition into the professional world and you look around the room and there's nobody of color at all. And you're the only person in the room, number one. And then, like, you realize that you say things or might, might experience things on the weekends that people at work are just not going to, you know, embrace. And so I wanted to start a place where I can write about my experiences of being Latina, but not only Latina, but American. Because I think the experiences of Latinos in the United States are very unique. You know, there's Latinos, obviously, that live in Latin America. There's Latinos that live abroad in Canada. But living in the United States is very interesting. And in Texas, you know, we have, like, we're the Texas pride on top of our Latinx pride, on top of American pride. Like, it's just a lot of intersecting of different cultures and different realms. And finding yourself can be a little hard. And I... When I started writing for the Nueva Latina, I, I thought, let's share, share some of these stories, right? Like, 
let's share how I can go from listening to Vicente Fernandez to like Big Papa, the song, and then switching to George Strait, and then going back to Frank Sinatra. Like, that's, let's talk about how that's possible because it is. Because and normalize it. Yeah, this normalizes. Like, it's okay to not know Spanish as a Latinx. It's okay. Not everyone's going to know Spanish. And let's talk about that. Let's normalize being the same but different. No, and I love that. I really do because I definitely can resonate with that. I 100% did not come into my own until I got to college because I grew up in a predominantly white area where there was very few people who looked like me. And I definitely had an identity crisis where I just felt like how you said code switch. I tried to be the ideal token black girl. And when I got to college, I started becoming more myself. I started doing braids with my hair. Like, I really came into my own. So I think that's beautiful, and I really agree with that. How did – okay, because I know you're a very creative person. So how does one go from being an engineer to being a lifestyle blogger? Dude, I don't know. (laughs) No, I I actually started my blog – officially in 2010 I was in between relationships and someone told me that they didn't know me in college like being single like they said you've never been single more than six months like ever in throughout college like you're a serial dater so I called my blog confessions of a serial dater (laughs) and it was on um, this platform called blogger which I don't even think it's around anymore but like I, I got really po- it got really popular and it was just really funny because I was just I would go on dates and this is before Tinder before all of that and write my experiences like good and bad dates and Ooh, I would, okay yeah and I would change names be just in case you know anybody at UT ever saw anything um, and that's how kind of how I started writing and I realized that I I liked it that I liked writing I like I really liked reading growing up nonfiction mostly. Um, but fiction, if I did read fiction, it would be young adult novels. And so I always knew I kind of like would wanted to go into that realm. Um, so that's kind of how I started writing and getting passionate about that. But when I met my now husband, I well, obviously stopped dating and I, <laughs> and I was like, okay, I want to keep writing, but like, I want to write about something that I know, right? Like that's, that's write about my experiences. And that's kind of like when the Nueva Latina started. And, and again, another identity crisis is like, I professionally am a civil engineer, you know, I work, I design infrastructure, but I didn't find, like, I'm good at it, I'm a great engineer, but I didn't feel like I was using my creativeness enough, and I felt like I needed that creative outlet, so when I started the Nueva Latina at first, it was just more like blog posts and writing, but in the past few years, it's really become, like, a really big passion of mine, um, and not only creatively, like creating content, um, but also like the analytics and just the algorithm, right? Like, like finding out everything I can, like social media trends. It's just, it's beautiful to me. Um, and obviously, I see like the the bad side of social media as well. But God, there's so much good that we can do with that, you know. And I think of when you're passionate about something, you can pay, be passionate about multiple things. I think that it's unrealistic to put ourselves in a box like yeah you graduated with this career and that's great and but I think that we really need to normalize as well thinking outside of the box 
it's okay to be different things. It's okay to do different things. You don't have to stick to one career the rest of your life. Yes, 100%. And I, I read a book called Lynchpin, which essentially talked about that. It talked about how people get into these routines and they become basically cogs in the machine. And they just are used to doing things over and over in just one certain way where it's like if something were to drastically change, they don't know how to react. They don't know how to handle that. And so that's why I think it is really important to kind of figure out different ways of thinking, really. I think it's beautiful that you found the beauty in both the analytics, which is the data, which I feel like can really connect to your engineering side, but as well as the creativity that comes with content creating. For sure. So it's almost like you found both to kind of satisfy your right and your left side of the brain. So what type of skill set should a person possess if they're interested in becoming a blogger? I think it's confidence, but not confidence, I guess, in the way a lot of people might think. It's just being sure of yourself. Just are you comfortable in your own skin enough to put yourself out there? That's honestly the biggest, I guess, thing, skill set. Like, just be comfortable being you. Because if you aren't your authentic self, I think it really shows in a lot of the things I've seen. A lot of bloggers will start their blog and think, oh, I just have to post a couple of pictures and write a couple of posts. But the passion has to be behind the post, right? Um, the authenticity has to be there. Um, also, getting creative with, you know, blog posts is, it's not that you don't have to be lyrically creative. I think you just have to know where to find resources. You know what I mean? A lot of the times I just will Google, like, what is the best caption for a coffee post? And there's so many articles out there. And it's honestly so easy but to come up with captions. But if you don't even know, like, if you can't even think, oh, I can just Google this real quick, and you're just stuck in it, I think, I don't even know what that skill would mean, but just being resourceful, I guess. Just yeah. being resourceful. Think on your feet. Because a lot of the times, a lot of the, I guess, content that I create, I'll be sleeping in the middle of the night or something and I'll wake up and I'll be like, oh my gosh, that would be a great post. And it's it happens so fast sometimes too. I'll be out and I'll be like, oh my gosh, this would, this would be amazing. Or I'm eating at a restaurant and this this I want to highlight this place. And so thinking on your feet, being resourceful, and also knowing where to find you know resources, knowing how to network, dude. Networking, oh my gosh. I think... A lot of my oppor- the opportunities I've received have been because I wasn't scared to talk to someone. You know, I wasn't scared to ask for an opportunity. Um, also remembering that the worst someone can say is no and always asking. Always ask. Always. Like, if you really like Nike, just go ahead and write the email. I mean, the worst they could do is not respond, honestly. But, you know, they can respond. Someone might see it and be like, cool, 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 here's here's this or that, or this is the way we can partner. And so I don't know if that's a skill set, but I think, yeah, just being resourceful, being sure of yourself, being authentic, and not being scared to create your own opportunities, basically. How do you think that you gained that confidence to be a blogger? Like, because obviously you're a very confident person. You're very extrovert, I would say. Like, where did you get that confidence from? I think it uh, honestly... Before the pandemic, before anything with COVID, I was really struggling with my confidence a lot. And it really came out through my posts. Like now looking back at everything I was creating at the time, I could see it. 
and I could see that I wasn't happy with myself. And during the pandemic, there was this, a point that I was gardening. I started gardening, and it was something that I really liked doing over the pandemic. And I just sat down, and I just realized that we're all going through something. We're all going through something. Little things, big things. And we're all, we all don't have all the confidence in the world all the time. You know, I, I think it was uh, America's Next Top Model, like one of the most recent seasons. And Tyra, you know, goes through it as well, you know. Look, let's look at Beyonce. Like, she's also going through stuff. You know, she wrote a whole album about going through the situation <laughs> with her husband. Um, you have to remember that we're all unique, too. Like, we're all so different. We're all human. We're all human. And once yeah. you remember that, dude, like, I think you start realizing that you are you, and that's amazing. And once you realize that, you can be confident in any space or place and really be comfortable with yourself, you know? I think also, like, learning to be alone has made me be confident as well because there's a lot of times that I walk into rooms or spaces where I don't know anybody and you have to be comfortable with being by yourself for those couple of minutes or moments and just creating that space for yourself before you even, you know, talk to anybody. You need to be okay with yourself before you have conversations with other people, right? And so learning to be by yourself, going on long hikes, and really thinking and looking inwardly. And by that time that you're in those spaces with other people, you're so comfortable with you and yourself, and you know yourself so much that the confidence will just come out. Yeah, like you already know you're an awesome person, so it's just projecting that out there for other people to know. For sure. Have you received any cool social benefits from being a blogger? Yeah, I mean, a lot. It's funny because a lot of people, a lot of people will ask me, like, how did you get this opportunity? And I always respond that I asked. And it, and it really did work that way. My very, my very favorite opportunity was probably my first opportunity. It was um, South by Southwest 2012. And I knew that I loved music to the point that I would eventually want to write about it. At one point during college, I thought about switching my major to journalism because I wanted I wanted to write for Double XL magazine. Like that's who I wanted to write for, and um, that magazine no longer exists. So it's probably good that I didn't, <laughs> didn't go and work there. But um, I looked back. I looking back at it, I'm like that probably is what motivated me to reach out to South by Southwest. And I said, how did I get access to anything for free? Like, how do I do this? And they told me to volunteer. And I was like, cool. So I volunteered and I was put on the signage committee. So basically we would go around putting up signs and we were walking by this venue called the stage, um, which is no longer there anymore. But I saw that they were struggling to bring stuff in and I asked what crew they were with, and they said, we're with the stage crew. And I said, well, what do you all do? And they're like, well, we help the bands set up like their equipment, and then we, we stay for the show and help with security if needed. And I was like, cool. So I emailed the volunteer coordinator, and I asked if I could be on, move to that crew. And he said, yeah. So I'm at the stage crew, and they gave us like the schedule for, um, I guess, South by Southwest that year. And they were – so happening to have like the BT show at that venue and so I actually got to meet Kendrick Lamar and Timbaland and I took a picture with Big Sean 
and like I got to see Miguel perform like one of the really early performances dude no and it just (laughs) all because I asked and like at the time I wish I was vlogging more consistently and like more I was more intentional about it because I could have gotten all that content you know like I could have you know done so much with that but I think that's when I really learned like that this could bring me things that I wanted to someone asked me also one time like do you think everyone can be a blogger and I honestly think anyone can be a blogger or an influencer but again like you just need to be willing to put in like the work and and ask and the you know have passion behind it because I think we could all be winning we can all be eating right like I don't think that the market could get overly saturated because there's so many different niches but like you have to be consistent and you have to work at it because at the end of the day, it is like another job. Um, I'm just, I just have fun doing it. So it doesn't feel that way. See, and that's perfect. That's literally what they tell you when you're growing up is find a job that you love. And then you're never going to feel like you're working a day in your life. Exactly. See, that's so cool. See, I'm, I'm so excited for South by this year because I really want to put myself out there and, try to see the free shows because I feel like Austin is one of the perfect places because there is always so much going on. There's always so many events, so many shows. And so that's really awesome to know that like, if you just put yourself out there, what's the worst that's going to happen? Yeah. Like they say no. Okay. Cool. On to the next one. Exactly. What are you hoping to accomplish with your blog? So eventually I'm right now, the Nueva Latina is me, right? But eventually, I want to bring on writers and give other people aspiring to start their own blog a platform to write their stories and share their experiences. So my hope is within the next three to five years to have like a dedicated, um, I guess, staff of writers and kind of make the Nueva Latina more of a community than just a blog and really start sharing stories of Latinas all over the world who are experiencing um, this intersection, like intersectionality of different cultures where they're living, right? And tell their stories about being, you know, maybe there's like a trans Latinos, like that I've never covered anything about, and, and tell their their stories, or you know, Latinos living in Germany, like what is your experience like? I really want to open it up and make it more about all the Nueva Latinas that are out there, not just my experience and my stories anymore. Like really making it a full-fledged community. For sure. How many hours a day or a week do you put into your blog right now? So right now I dedicate, obviously my full-time, I dedicate about nine hours a day. And then for blogging, it's three hours. So I, I'm usually working 12 hours a day. Um and that, that includes like content creation, but also writing emails, reaching out to brands and companies I want to work with, um, giving, showing love to supporters, like replying to comments. Um, all of that is about three hours a day, um, not in, I mean, including content creation. And so what do you do whenever you start feeling like you're hitting this wall, you're not getting any feedback, the people that you're reaching out to keep hitting you with no's? How do you keep the motivation to keep going? I think I, I, do, I do a pretty good job of um, using research as my way of getting inspiration and keeping motivated. A lot of the times, like, I'll just be like, okay, I'm not going to post anything for the next two days, but I'm going to do research. So my research will be like, okay, I'm going to spend 
30 minutes on TikTok, see what the trends are there. I'm going to spend 30 minutes on Instagram, see what the trends are there. And then I kind of look at other people's content and I see who they're working with. And then also, like, lately what I've been noticing is a lot of the hashtags that people use, people don't know how to use them sometimes, but I've been using them to connect with smaller brands, smaller boutiques, because I feel like at the end of the day, those are the ones that I really want to be reaching out to and helping. And I think at one point I was reaching out to a lot of big brands and big companies because, you know, obviously you you want those partnerships, especially with brands that you love and you, you wear all the time. But I've discovered that when I'm not getting those, that it feels so much better to work with like a local boutique or a local restaurant or like currently I'm working with like um, this brand or this company locally that they do charcuterie boards and she just started doing um, personalized macaroons Mm. and do beautiful things that this um, this girl is doing and she's here out of Austin and I noticed that I a lot of the partnerships that I'm doing now are coming to an end and I reached out to her and I said I wanted to work with her next so uh, um, she said yes, and I think that that's what motivates me because I feel like there's always going to be someone that you can also help and that you can grow together, and I think there's always going to be opportunities, even if they might not be you know, that opportunity that you're dreaming about, there's always going to be opportunities to help other people. No, and I like that. Like Honestly, I think that's kind of – it kind of implements back to you wanting to start this community and so the first step of starting community is starting locally and like what better people to help out and like push more engagement towards the mom pop shops yeah, like for sure. those are the ones who especially during the pandemic were hit like the hardest for sure and i think i don't know I've, it just feels so much better like i currently am i'm partnering with mcdonald's for hispanic heritage month and it's been a lot of fun and everyone knows mcdonald's so it's been a good time but It's also been really fun to highlight, like, um, there's a local t-shirt company called uh, Que Rico Tees, and I love all their shirts. So, like, I highlighted them multiple times this month and just, like, wore some of their shirts because they're all Latinx inspired. And those posts just make me feel good, you know? They just make me feel better because I know that a lot of the times we see, we look at social media, a lot of us, and we don't realize that it's a highlight reel. You know what I mean? Like, and just seeing those inspiring stories from the, for the mom and pop shops is just like a, I guess, a break from seeing, you know, all the big brand ads that a lot of influencers are doing. It's nice to see that little break and see someone who's also on the come up and who's also starting their business and who's also, you know, trying to do something more, right? Yeah. And you can for tell sure. it kind of means more to them than some name brand company sure. that has a gazillion different employees. For sure. How much time do you think you spend on social media? Dude, so I started tracking it because, like, I guess iPhone has Oh, yeah, you can thing. track it now. And so, I mean, a day, like seven hours. Seven hours? Yeah. What app do you think you use the most? Instagram. For sure. Honestly, same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just like Instagram is so easy to me. I think Facebook used to be easy at one point when it first started. And it's just so much more complicated now. Um, I mean, LinkedIn is like a professional social media. Like there's LinkedIn influencers now, apparently. But again, like it's just a lot of information. Yeah, there's what LinkedIn, is a LinkedIn, influencer there's LinkedIn influencers. So they're usually like they will post um, 
long posts, long captions about their day, like or their their work that day. Um, it's like a new. It's really taking off, especially with people that work in the tech, and they're using this like social media influencing on LinkedIn to get noticed by any companies they want to work for. So is this usually people who already have a job, like per se, in that field, yeah, and they just kind of talk about what it's like to be in that industry? Yeah, and give or more students time. going through like studying computer science or you know, like whatever, I don't know what people in tech usually study, but a lot of people who are looking to go into that will be like, oh, well, this is what I'm trying to do because my dream job is at this place. And so they, they're chronicling their journeys and using LinkedIn in this kind of way to get jobs, but through influencing. That's so crazy. That really just goes to show how like being an influencer has really just become I guess a job that like everyone wants, everyone wants to possess it and everyone's trying to get it. Everyone's trying to buy for it. So in a world where influencing is becoming the new normal, what does that say about us who, who are being influenced? Like I know a lot of people do social media cleanses where they'll go Mm -hmm. a week or a month without just going on social media, just to kind of recharge their batteries and reset. What do you think about, that i mean i think it's healthy to put the phone down and to not look into the black mirror for you know a while i i have a friend and and she she told me this once she said that she's giving up social media forever and she did because she just couldn't handle it and i think you have to look at yourself and really analyze how you're feeling about yourself about your life about whatever Anytime that you're on social media, because if it's bringing you down anything, right, social media, anything else in your life, you don't need it. You should not be doing it. So if you need that social media cleanse, you should do it. But again, like we need to remember, we all need to remember that all the social media is a highlight reel. A lot of people, even when they're sharing their struggles, um, are always going to share more of the triumphs. They just, it's just, it's human instinct to celebrate, you know, triumphs and not um, talk about struggles. And so we just need to remember that even though these people might be real and they're real people, we're all humans, that we're not always going to share everything that's really going on. And again, we're all human. We're all going through something. And we all remember that. I think we can take social media with like a grain of salt. You know what I mean? Just know that it's one reality but it's not the The only only reality reality. for sure. I definitely agree with that because I know that there was a study um, about Facebook since Facebook owns Instagram about how a lot of girls recently within the past few years have started going to therapy more because of social media and just the effect that it's had on them mentally and just how it's made them feel, which has maybe caused them to go into some type of, like a like a hole right they just get into a hole and I think there's always been influencers right like I think but but back in the day it was like very much celebrities people we saw on tv and magazines and newspapers like these were the influencers politicians and now with the rise of social media regular people are becoming influencers and a lot of people feel like maybe their lives aren't complete because they're not living what they're seeing on the internet 
But I think we are all kind of living the same experience. We just aren't all sharing it. You know what I mean? I don't know. I think there's a lot to talk about with that for sure. No, honestly, you can go into a rabbit hole with that. Yeah. Annalise, so you got into blogging a little later. Like you started your career as an engineer and then you went back to your passion What would you say to people who may think, oh, my time has passed or I'm simply afraid to try something new? What would you tell them in order to pursue their passion? I think it's never too late. I mean, there's stories from like actors and and authors that all started really late in life and were successful at what they did. And I think I think it is something like I think we talked about this earlier, that it's okay to leave a career. It's okay to change and to discover what you're passionate about. I think also like remembering that we have, you know, a long-ish life and taking those moments when you probably feel like you should try something new, I say go for it. It doesn't matter your age or anything. I mean, you'll look back at the end of your life and you'll probably be happier that you did all the things that you wanted to do than just one of the things you wanted to do. And I mean, it's it's never too late to start blogging or to do social media or to run for president. Honestly, it's not. (laughs) Um, You could really do anything that you want to do in your life. I think also remembering that life is beautiful and it's so big. This world is so big and there's just so much that we can do. There's so many things we can do with our time and with our passions and embracing that and embracing change and embracing all of it. Were you nervous to start your blog? So I know you said it came from the start of you doing a dating series where you kind of went on different dates with people. But after you finished that chapter and started moving more towards the Nueva Latina, how did you feel or were you nervous about the feedback that you were going to receive? Actually, I wasn't nervous at first, but then one of my first blog posts to go viral um, went viral in my hometown. And it was um, Trump had just got an elected president and um, I wrote my my thoughts on the subject and how it affected my family and how I just saw the whole situation happening. And I um, received a lot of negative feedback. Um, It was really scary because a lot of these people knew my parents and they knew my brother and sister and they knew where we lived and. And I, I, I just didn't think that anything like that would ever happen to me. And I actually stopped blogging for the Nueva Latina for like about a year um, after that incident because I just got scared because I realized that it's so easy um, in 15 minutes. Like you can go from everyone kind of knowing who you are to everybody knowing who you are and hating you. And that's something else about social media that's really scary. So after that, I was like, no, I probably, I'm probably just not going to do this again. And then I went to another South by Southwest, and um, one of my favorite rappers is Common. And so I had seen his show. I've seen him a couple of times, but um, but I, I saw his show that, that night. And the next day, Kerry Washington was speaking, and one of the first songs that I heard from Common, um, Kerry Washington actually directed the music video for the song. Yeah, so and so like I knew her because of Common and then uh, from Scandal. Like it was after the fact. So she was speaking at this South by um panel and one of my friends, she was a volunteer for that panel and she was like, "Do you want to ask a question?" and I was like, "Not really." And so she put me in line to ask Carrie Washington a question and I was like, "Cool, cool, cool." 
And so I'm in line. And <laughs> Just disregard what I said. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, my God. And, and um, I was like, yeah, I started a blog called The Nueva Latina. And, like, a few people in the audience, I guess I knew. And they were like, yeah, Nalee. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know people were here. <laughs> and um, I asked her, I told her that I had written a blog post that got a lot of hate. And I just, like, got really scared. And, but I wanted to keep it going, and it was something that I was really passionate about, and I just asked for advice, and and she said that, I don't, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but she said something along the lines of, anyone who wants to be successful is always going to have haters. And once you realize that, once you re- realize that there's always going to be people that don't agree with you, that don't see the same things as you, who don't like the things you're promoting, who, you know, whatever. There's always going to be haters. And she's like, just don't focus on them focus on the people that are supporting you focus on what makes you happy and after that the fear kind of left and every now and then you know i'm scared to post or i get really especially i I, i'm partnered with third love and um it's like lingerie mostly and putting my body i guess on display was a little bit scary um just because for a lot of my life i i didn't feel beautiful um, and I never felt like, um, out of my siblings, let's say I was always like the, the chubbier kid, um, growing up. And so I just always had it in my head that, um, I was not, not hot or not beautiful. And so that was probably one of the scariest moments that I've had in the past couple of months is pro- like promoting lingerie, right? Like putting on lingerie and taking a photo of it and, Leading up to that, it, it, I just it was so nerve wracking, and I was so scared because I thought, you know, what if somebody says something bad, and and what if they do? You know, like that's their opinion, and that's not everyone's opinion. But yeah, I think we just have to realize that there's always going to be haters. There is, um, and they might not necessarily hate you, but they're just always going to be someone. There's who, always going to be someone preying on your downfall. Yeah, so it just it is what it is, right? At that point. And so, I mean, I was scared starting out, but I think over the years, it's really become second nature to me. Like, it really is just something that I do now. So now you're more consistent. How often would you say that you write blog posts for the Nueva Latina? Usually I try to do once a week blog posts, but then I try to post like on social media every day. Yeah, to get that engagement up. For sure. I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning as I it's go. Hard. It's hard, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, there's been many nights of me staying up. Honestly, I used to never use YouTube only to watch how-to videos. I actually watched a how-to video with your sister our first week in college, how to do laundry. Neither one of us knew how to do that. Now I do. Now we do. <laughs> We've learned. I've learned. I love you, too. <laughs> so, Annalie, what's one thing that inspires you to stand out? I think, okay, so honest, obviously I'm an engineer and there was this one time that I went to a school to speak to these younger girls who were interested in engineering and one of the little girls um, asked me what, what I did specifically and I told her, um, um, at the time I was on, out on construction sites um, inspecting what the construction workers were doing and then letting them know if it passed the inspection that I did. And she said that her dad was a construction worker and that and she didn't know that she could eventually be his boss. Right. And things like that really inspire me because she asked me, number one, why I was wearing pink if I was an engineer. And then she asked me why I was wearing heels. And I think standing out not only means like being different or like being confident, but it also means like inspiring. Right. Like and I think that little girl 
and all those girls probably that day like realized that they don't have to be stuck in the in a box they don't have to be one thing they don't have to if you're an engineer you don't have to be wearing what i don't even know what typical engineers <laughs> wear right like it's just not realistic to to be a stereotype you know what i mean and i think that inspires me a lot like just knowing that somewhere out there someone's gonna look at me and realize that they want to be like me when they grow up but but in themselves as well you know what i mean like i don't know that that really motivates me to keep going and to be myself because i i'm a little weird and and i'm a little eclectic and i'm into weird things sometimes and weird music weird movies but I think it's all a part of being myself, and I hope it inspires other people to be themselves, too. And it's okay to be a little weird sometimes. I definitely agree. I mean, you're in the right place for Austin's <laughs> literal yes. keep Austin weird. Yes. I mean, I'm a little weird. We like to vibe. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, what's one, what's one, like, guilty pleasure that you have? Dude, I love, like, like trash tv like i mean i guess it's not really trash because it's okay but like like the circle or like love island like okay you like the new trash yes, TV. the new trash tv like that's my guilty pleasure um also like i really this is like really weird but i love eating cheese like i can get a whole like block of cheese and just eat that See, okay, at first I thought you were going to say, like, cheese whip or, like, no. <laughs> but you just want the cheese. <laughs> like, literally, I'll be like, just buy me a block of cheese and it'll be, that's dinner. Like, that'll be great. What, why does that remind me of that movie, um, She's the Man? Oh, my God. I my love- favorite scooter. <laughs> I love that movie. Oh, Amanda Bynes. <laughs> that is who it is, right? Yeah. Amanda Bynes and Channing Tatum, Tatum with this sexy ass. He was so young. He was young. I mean, he's still good looking. Bro, yes. And I just found out that he's dating. Oh my God. What is her name? It's going to blow my mind. Lenny Kravitz's daughter, <gasps> Zoe Kravitz. Really? They're yes. dating? Wow. Yes. And dude. he is just flourishing, and I'm here oh, for it. Yes. I love them together. I love him. I love him. I, I think that's a good match. Right? I yeah, feel like for sure. I like it. I like the du- I like the dynamic duo. Yeah, I like it. I like it, too. Let's see. If you could date one celebrity, who would it be? Oh, dude, that's a good one. Oh, dude, Idris Elba. Idris Elba. Ooh. Do you know? Yeah. Yes. That I, accent? The accent. Oh, these British men, dude, I can't, I can't, dude, I can't with their accents. Okay, see, all right, hear me out. Instead yeah. of British accents, I just, Australian accents. Actually. I feel like they're, that is a good they're the hidden gem. They are, and, and they're so far away from everybody, so I feel like that would be like a nice little, like, do you want to go to my island? You know, <laughs> with their accent. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't know how to do accents, but. I, like something, mate, down mate. under, mate. Oh, yes. I'll be like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I don't understand what you said, but yes, take, take me with you. Just take me. No, I don't know who. I feel like my celebrity crush, everyone knows, ASAP Rocky. Really? If you're out there, if you're watching this. <laughs> and he is really pretty dude his, he's gorgeous he's so pretty i stand him and rihanna but if you she ever taps out yeah i mean she might i'm she ready might. to tap in yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> never know with rihanna don't come at me though homie <laughs> don't come at me homegirl dude don't, don't come at me let's see what before we end what is one thing that 
you what's one advice that you would give to someone that you wish you knew five years ago um always be your always be yourself it's like so easy to try to be someone else or to imitate someone else that you might look up to or imitate someone that you're really trying to be like but I think at the end of the day if you're yourself not only will you be happier but everyone in your life will also be happy because you're bringing that light into the world of being authentic and I think we all need to learn to be a little bit more ourselves and stop trying to be each other because why would God make us all different if we were meant to be the same right like We're all different people for a reason, and it's okay. But, yeah, be yourself, dude. At any time, any moment, always be yourself. No, I love that. I really do. Annalie, this was amazing. Uh, Such a pleasure to have you on my podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Let's see. And where can people reach you at? What are your handles? Um, So you can find me anywhere on the Internet at The Nueva Latina. On LinkedIn, I only have... Um, my profile but go ahead and add me and 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 up my linkedin <laughs> influencer but yeah you could just find me the nueva latina i should be the first like google search anywhere and i'll make sure to add all her handles on the description below thank you so much again yeah, dude, thanks for having me of course thank you so much for listening to above the mean podcast if you liked it make sure to comment and subscribe i'll be uploading new episodes every tuesday morning Don't forget to subscribe to our Instagram and YouTube channel, which I promise will be up and running by the end of this week. I'll be uploading highlight clips and bonus reels from the podcast. Both are tagged in the description, as well as Annalise's handles and the link to her blog. As always, remember, don't settle for average. Rise above the mean and stand out.